Nothing in common. Nothing to say, nothing to comment. I can't stay, come for the comments. Darius, so before watching the movie, did you have, did you like see any black exploitation films before? Um, so I mean, there's the, the old ones from the seventies that, like my dad made me watch and stuff. I remember those. Um, what's the character's name? Foxy Brown, I think. Yeah, yeah, Foxy Brown. And then uh, Shaft. Yeah, that's uh, and Parks. What my all-time favorite one is, which is also taking from the black exploitation era, but was done in two thousand two, which also reminded me of this movie was uh, Undercover Brother. And that's one of my top five favorite movies of all time. I feel like Undercover Brother was like so much of a parody that it was more parody than it was. It was. It was was very much more of a parody than trying to say something. But honestly, they clone Tyrone and Undercover Brother hit a lot of the same beats. Kind of, but no. I feel like it was more serious because like oh for sure white she devil like (laughs) for sure it was much more but that's all commentary though that's all commentary it's it's satire but it's commentary and i guess like the line is i feel like the people in undercover brother knew they were in the movie where like i feel like even the pedigree of um they clone tyrone like it's they like definitely buy in even though they were just as funny um kim you well uh, i was gonna say before that but like even the beats of the chicken and like infiltrating the black community and making them assimilate to be white. Like that stuff is like very much aligns from, you, from each, from each movie. Do you think like the boondocks got that from that movie? And then like, then the like, cause I feel like they got the, uh, the scene with the chicken. I feel like it got that from the boondocks. So I wonder if it's all like full circle. With that I think thing. it's just, I think it's just, you see these archetypes and these overall symbols and, shared knowledge that we have as a community uh, or shared trauma that we have as a community. And so we see it over and over again, come out in different ways, but I don't think it's like one taking one from the other. I think it's just keep everybody's commenting on the same thing and noticing the same stuff. All right. I just realized I had some Popeye's before I jumped on here. So <laughs> I felt a little bit depressed. <laughs> Kim, um, have you ever seen any black exploitation films or any like themes like that? Like the chicken thing? Um, no, I haven't. I think the only time I've seen that was like in the boondocks. I feel yeah, I feel like that's an um ordinary like black exploitation show because I feel like everything from um the kung fu like just seemed so familiar when I was watching the show. So I didn't well, know actually one connection I do think that there is between this movie and boondocks is that you notice whenever they play the music, it's called ruckus. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, like I didn't know. Uh, no, I didn't. Catch whenever that. they play the songs that start affecting people, it's called ruckus. So I was like, "Oh, it sounds like wow. Uncle ruckus." I didn't even. I, didn't so I, even I was like, "That, that has to be a shout out." They got to yeah, be doing that on purpose. That yeah, man, shout out to Uncle Ruckus. You know he got a job at the Supreme Court, man. <laughs> I'm not shouting out thing. Uncle Ruckus. I'm gonna let Edgar stand on that ledge alone. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna bring up anything concerning the Witcher. I'm just gonna keep your reputation intact good that, okay. that shit is trash the witcher is trash don't watch it but go ahead um by the way i did not know before we move on to the next question so while i was watching the documentary i told you about um i did not know that gordon parks made shaft because the only thing i knew gordon parks from was like um from photography when i learned it about in school and then also his photography was used um 
in Lovecraft Country, like in the pilot, when they had those like um, scenes when they're going through the South, I think one of those pictures was based off of his work. So it was really good to know that he was a sort of serious writer and photographer, like on the level of Norman Rockwell in in like the way people appreciate his like craft and his photography. And then he also made like Shaft, which I think like sort of elevates the black exploitation thing. But like with that in mind, um sorry, there's another connection between Undercover Brother and they clone Tyrone. Malcolm D. Lee directed Uncover Brother and uh the gentleman who directed this movie, um Joel Taylor. Mm. They both uh I think were writing and directing. Either I I don't know the combination, but writing and directing on Space Jam too, as oh. you just as you just said. So there's another connection. Did you watch Space Jam? Like did that have no, any I couldn't bring myself to do it. Nope. Okay. <laughs> nope. How about you, Kim? No, I haven't watched Space Jam. Okay, that makes three of us. So um three of us. The three of us. <clears throat> I told you there's a ghost in here with me. Um what was your initial experience like? Because I know Darius, I had to ask you to watch the film. Um, and I don't know when you watched. Kim, did you watch it after um, I proposed the podcast? Yeah, I did. Okay, so I guess your experience was me was me convincing you to watch it. But like, how did you like? Did you guys watch it alone? Like, because I feel like it's a community movie. Like, you just get a couple of your friends and you watch it. You know, like. But I yeah. watched it by myself and it was still just as funny. But how was your experience, like, you guys watching it? Like, was it, did it meet your expectations? Yeah, do you want to go first? Or? You can go first. Okay. Um. Well, I, first I want to say I'm not going to give Edgar the credit for making me watch this movie. This was on my radar. This was That's a movie okay. I wanted, movie I wanted to watch already as was. Um. <laughs> it has John Boyega and Jamie Foxx in it. And so those are two actors that are on my radar paying attention to what they do as well as and i feel terrible not knowing her name but the young the the queen from, Paris? Uh, yes from scarlet from scarlet witch from wandavision there we go and that was the first time i saw her was on wandavision but she made that show she was a good character in that show um so i've always liked paying attention to her she's been popping up in more stuff now too as well so i, I appreciated those three, I thought that was a good trio, and that was enough to draw me in. But I, I watched it on my own, and um, but it, I, upon watching it, you know, I was calling for Sean and some people being like, "Yo, did you watch this yet?" So, um, Kyle, speaking of Terry to Paris, so real quick, I <clears throat> I can't believe you never have you ever you've never watched um Survivor's Remorse Remorse on uh, Showtime or oh I my god, I couldn't stars. stand that show. She was on it. Did you not watch that show? Was bad. With A Train, yeah, yeah, that show was bad. He couldn't. Thank God, someone got him an actor acting coach because he's a lot better in the. Or they just know what to do with him in the boys, because he could not act as a basketball. I couldn't believe he ever touched a basketball in his life. They never had any basketball stuff in it. They purposely never even showed a scene. <laughs> yeah, that was a problem for me. Okay, it had my favorite joke in it, which was. Um, Everybody hates Chris's mom, Rochelle. I forget um, her name. Pam. Pam, she had the joke was um from oh, Martin. From Martin. Um, Martin. She had a podcast and the name of her podcast, which I desperately wanted to name this podcast, which was um things that I think that you should think too. Which is just like that's <laughs> yeah, that my does personality. That does sum you up. <laughs> yeah, um, what was your experience? 
Um, I did like see stuff on Twitter about it before you mentioned it to me. And like I was seeing a couple of theories and stuff or like like think pieces on it and I it kind of felt like it was gonna be kind of like fake deep. So I was kind of on the fence about watching it, but since you wanted to do a podcast, I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. It kind of exceeded my expectations, especially like towards the ending. Are you guys thinking about it like like outside the podcast? Like, I mean, do you guys catch yourself thinking about it? I definitely keep just like going back to the comedy of it, especially with not gonna lie, just with like Jamie Foxx and the news and everything. And the way that it's like they clone Tyrone and the whole controversy with him saying they with the thing. Are you guys familiar with what happened with that? Oh yeah, yeah. With Jennifer yeah. Aniston. Yeah. Yeah. So like even like the title of the movie is just like a commentary on how we use that term versus how other people might use it. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you guys, especially like, so you guys liked it, but like, did you guys like the writing? I know that me and Darius usually talk about like comedy, like when we're talking about Marvel stuff and how like the comedy is just not really what we consider comedy. Everything that came out of like Jamie Foxx's mouth was just like gold. Like, especially that scene with um, that sequence before um, Fontaine got shot and they were just, he was going through the house and saying all that stuff, which I'm pretty sure was improv, but it was like the best kind of improv, especially when he was talking about, like talking at him and he called him a childhood, a childhood ass nigga. And then he said that the chickens were thirsty, <laughs> which I will be using in, um, which I'll be using later in life. So him. What do you think of the writing and the plotting overall, which um I thought was good too? Yeah, I thought the plot was pretty good. Um, the writing was pretty good. I I thought the movie was funny too because like a lot of the times like Netflix movies can be kind of like corny, especially with some of the comedy movies. So yeah, I was pretty impressed by that. Yeah, no, for sure. I thought that this could have been a movie I saw on a big screen, like in like you said, like Netflix movies kind of have that straight to DVD feel for mm-hmm. people who are born in the. 90s there's a thing called dvds that you used to just go to blockbuster and go get that wouldn't come out in the movies so um but this this did feel very cinematic um there was i know we were talking about writing but i'm kind of going into the production part but i like the the way the camera tracked um some of the camera tricks that were going on um Uh even the scenes when they're going into the elevator and going to the labs um i like the way those were shot the action for what it was, I thought was decent. Um, it's not supposed to be an action movie, but I thought the action was ser- very serviceable. Um, but from a writing standpoint, an overall standpoint, I, I like the movie, but there's just something about the way that it concluded. Um, not the conclusion where they're with Tyrone, but the climax, I guess, when, spoiler alert, weak. when he, yeah, when he meets who's behind it all. Um, that part, it kind of fell apart for me there and his motivations fell apart for me there. And I felt like there's more of a commentary. If you're going to go this route of making a commentary, um, then that needs that part. You cannot, you cannot, you can't overlook that needs to be the most solid part because that holds the rest of the movie together. Um, and so I felt like there was, and even the way that he, he overcomes the 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 mad scientist was like all right come on he should have he should have had a contingency plan for that if this guy's that smart for me so that that's all the climax i felt was a little shaky but i did like the movie um in terms of what you were gonna say 
in um, the camera aspects and writing, I did notice how they they had that shot where the camera sorts of flips halfway whenever um, Tyrone is killed and mm -hmm. he gets up and they flip it. And I thought that was a really clever trick to break up each of the acts because mm -hmm. like, um, and just like just watching and analyzing it, was, it did help to make things like feel more clear as the story was going forward. I agree with you that the last stop to the movie was really weak. I think I don't know what to blame it on, like because the part with him using the, uh, the code like, word for um to like stop the other dude, um, I think that was obviously taken from um or, get uh, out, get out, okay, get out, and then so I I knew that was intentional, but but I feel like. It wasn't that clever to use. Like as soon as you saw that there was a clone, and then you saw that, you know, he had like a word to activate him. That you know that was going to go into it. But that's not my biggest problem. My biggest problem was actually the ending when we find when we find out that like they cloned Tyrone. Because do you think the movie would have ended, uh, would have ended better if it was just it just stopped at the news area and they didn't add any more to it? It did. It, that felt like attack on for okay they want to make a sequel to me yeah and and, and, I, and I, there probably isn't going to be a sequel or there probably isn't going to be more explored into this universe so i did feel like it, it, it didn't cheapen it and it was kind of i was kind of taken out of it by the end of it you know because i was just like I, I didn't really get over the way that that ended and and yeah we could talk about the motivation and stuff later but yeah like, I, I don't, like, oppose or disagree with what you guys think. I thought that, like, um, that continuation happening, it felt kind of metaphorical to me about, like, the cloning. He's not actually being cloned. I feel like maybe it was supposed to show that, you know, um, the stereotypical, like, black male that's a drug dealer, I feel like it was supposed to show that there's always going to be this type of stereotype in every hood. It's always going to keep reproducing. That's kind of how I saw it. So it felt kind of realistic to me in, like, a symbolic type of way right yeah that's no. how i saw it I, I just i don't know i thought it was it was cool i completely agree with that and yeah then, i do too i definitely do too especially they, how they added the specifically they added the the california flavor to it and the california uh -huh. slang to it so you see how it gets very regional and i yeah. thought that was i thought that was funny seeing him come out with his plaid on with his uh nwa accent i thought like you're completely right kim like Cause, um, cause it was there are two parts that really, in that point does it, it is made clear because they sort of foreshadowed it because like there's that part in the beginning, um, of the film, the first sequence when he has a little kid and the little kid is like saying, hey, when are you gonna put me on? And he's telling the kid to like go do his homework, um, mm -hmm. and then, uh, towards the end there was a part like who I. I don't know. It's like once they escape the, um, you know, the club or after they find out when uh, Fontaine goes to his crib and then um, Slick Charles is like, I let all the hoes like take a day off. And it's just basically like dejected and is like seeing, you know, his own perpetuation of, you know, of the negative aspects of his like of his neighborhood and his community. So I think that was a really important theme that you um, picked up. I liked it. Yeah, it was good, but it stopped it. The way it concluded stopped it from being as good as any of the Jordan Peele movies, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I guess they, they wanted to like end it on like a mind buck, like they did with the um with the police car. But 
here's my here's my main problem my main point i guess we can jump to this part right. now it's because we're on it but my main problem is what what is the message and i don't necessarily need the message saying this is right this is wrong i can deal with moral gray mm-hmm. i can deal with ambiguity ambiguity and, and nuance especially talking with this this topic there's so much nuance uh, talking about the assimilation of black people and and just the level that they go to to psychologically wait what did you just say what do you mean they (laughs) i'm using the term that the movie uses that's what i'm using specifically but so i just think there needed to be such a stronger message behind who's perpetrating this and that it was a black man perpetrating this um and that and and Kiefer sutherland even said it and this is a line that i really liked everybody has a boss and so it's like, all right, so who's his boss? Right. And how is how what's his philosophy? What's his what's his modus operandi? And it can't just be my brother got shot by cops, so now I want to assimilate all black people and make them white. And it was like, you're right. And then because that character wasn't introduced until the end, and you could argue that that is Fontaine, but the fact that they introduced him and the way they introduced him as like and they had that like homage to like um the matrix so now you're thinking matrix which i guess helped with the ending of the film for it to be outside of the you know outside in california but i think i was too i was concentrating too much on that and what that meant and where that would lead rather than what he was saying so even his villain speech at the end didn't really hit for me because i was i was still trying to figure out what was going on with that element in in it's twice over for me. I think it's a really sensitive topic for me, and I get triggered by it now, currently, because of what's going on in Florida and how they're doing all that stuff with trying to erase erase the curriculum about teaching slavery or saying that, hey, slavery was good for Black people too, or that, you know, Black people sold Black people in slavery and, and like, all that stuff. So I felt like it was an awkward... It was awkward, an awkward moment for me to see, okay, this is a Black dude just doing this to other Black people. And then he, uh, the protagonist, Fontaine, uh, we see him turn on who also is another clone who's been clearly, we see, has been mind controlled being the bodyguard. And right. he he sets him up to, to die or shoot him or whatever. And it's like, well, what about him? I, th- I was worried about him. I was like, well, what's his outcome? And I thought it would have been interesting to see what his philosophy was. So there's there's more I wanted to see. And I felt like the movie just said, all right, uh, we hit our tight 90. It's time, time for us to wrap this up. I agree. Anything else can be on the writing and the characters before we go to the production design? I did really like the characters. Every character was so funny. I really loved um, Biddy with her Chinese container thing. <laughs> um, but it was just like, it felt so good to watch comedy that, you didn't like they would make jokes that you didn't see coming that would actually get you and then you're laughing i really liked on that part if nothing else i think i'm going to continue watching this director and his writing because i think he's a writer and director so like Mm -hmm. that writing is just something that i was really attracted to but so uh, darius to talk about the look of the film it was shot um i think in connection to the black exploitation films which is you know there were we didn't they didn't have digital back then so everything was shot on film but um, but it also had all these saturated colors. They had fog machine, which which helped in the film. To, you know, with the um, with the conspiracy element of the film, like it helped. But it also put you in a mood because 
like people have afros people have cars from the 70s but even the tvs look old like the commercials look like they're 70s exactly but Mm -hmm. there are also other stuff that's just like from now especially when they cut back to um fontaine i mean tyrone and it's obviously you know 2023 or that's how you i think it was a statement on the hood and how the hood is not quote unquote technologically up to what everybody else is. You see Kiefer Sutherland drives around in a brand new Tahoe. Oh, and everybody else is that. everybody else is driving around in like cars from the eighties. Right. And stuff like that. So it's like they're stuck in a time capsule. No, you're right, because they were even talking about the cars and like um they had that little callback where you know, where they were like, oh, that car belongs to, like, the government or an NBA player, and that's how Biddy was able to also, like, describe it, and that that's how they knew that um, Yoyo was taken. Mm-hmm. But I just, but in terms of, like, how good it looked, like, in the film, did you like that look? Like I loved it. I loved it. I think more films need to be shot on film. More movies need to be shot on film. Bring it back. I'm so sick of the, the <laughs> digital stuff that's going on. Movies now look worse than movies did 10, 15, 20 years ago. I couldn't agree more. Um, Kim, did you like any of it? Did you sorry, yeah, sorry, Kim. Did I what? Did you like any of the fits? Oh, um, Kim has um she has a small like nail business. So I was running your opinion about why do so many people do you guys know why so many people have the pinky and with the nails? Because that's not the only person, like okay. I mean, yeah, that's literally what Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You learn something new every day. I was just wondering. I didn't know. I didn't know. Um, You're so green, Edgar. It's good. It's all right, man. But, all right. Other than that, I really liked it. I remember watching the trailer for it. And, like, first they were singing, going down with the pistols. Like, that's the trailer for the, um like, the teaser for the first time we watched. Um, They, like, put out something for the film. But then I also saw the scene where... um. Yo-Yo was putting the envelope in and she was running and she had the big afro and she had the little like little tiny hat on which is just like visual comedy I don't this is just some things you see on tv and just like makes you laugh the way some people dress and not that they were dressed badly but it was just seeing that that was just like okay they're they're, they have this sort of comedic sense like they're trying to like you know parody you know deep throat and stuff like that which is not a um, not a pornographic thing which is um watergate thing i don't know if you guys know that watergate yeah. i don't know what watergate is no, i'm um, talking about richard nixon um the presidential scandal about how he was keeping secrets or something something like that yeah. back 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 in the day oh, and I, okay and the dude who like was a whistleblower was codenamed deep throat um that, <laughs> yeah no that he's that's he's why i wanted serious he's being being serious. Wait, so yeah, for real? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. be oh, careful when wow. you google that which is Make which sure is why Richard I Nixon said after that. Yeah. I had to like, if yeah, Rashawn was here, he'd be saying pause, 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 which is why I had to make sure I clarified. Um <laughs> all right. So what did you guys one more thing about like the writing and I guess overall film, but what did you guys think about the themes, especially with like the fast food commercials and the conspiracy theories um that were in the film? I got a lot to say, so go ahead, Kim. I'll let you go first. <sighs> okay. Um, like a lot of the conspiracy theories that I kind of already like heard of or seen before. So it felt like, okay, like these kind of felt like internet takes, but, um, the one that was like really deep to me was when, um, his like actual self, his older self was talking about like basically the ethnic cleansing that they're trying to do with like black people. That was like, 
that kind of made me like okay like think a little bit more like that was that was that's kind of crazy and that's the thing that's like actually happening like it's not a conspiracy theory um you're right and that is one of the um in the intro i mentioned it but like that's one of the things that does go back all the way from black exploitation films and they sort of did most of them have a scientific or science fiction aspect to it and one of them was like that part of it is continuous especially with the um the tuskegee projects where um the government did introduce um i mean not introduce they introduce um, cocaine and drugs to black communities. Like we That's said. not the Tuskegee experiment. No, I know the Tuskegee had to do with syphilis where they would yeah. just um, inject people with, you know, um, syphilis to try and find a cure for it, but not really. When and they told them that it was, I think it was just uh, penicillin or something. They told them that they were giving them like good medication and they injected them with syphilis. Right. And then for years, for years. Not to get too much into it, but that, was also sort of the thing that happened to the pandemic when they were trying to get people to like um take the yeah, vaccine. Yeah, giving out giving out giving out joints to get the vaccine. Wait, what? Yeah. Where? yeah. Yep. <laughs> See? <laughs> Look at you. I... <laughs> You've been right there in line eating that chicken. <laughs> Listen, I need to call my local representative. I feel like I missed out on something. Uh... Kim, did you know about that? We were in yeah, the they're giving free joints, Why donuts. You... They're giving out everything. Why did you not call me and tell me? Jesus, Kim. That was not going to be worth Kim's it. Not, like... Kim's not that down bad. That's why. <laughs> 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 but the okay. symbol, the symbolism in here, man, of where we start, uh, we can talk about the, the institution of the black church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was saying a lot. Um, you notice how they said we only clone people down here who are necessary to keep going to keep this operation going and the pastor was down there um so i thought that was interesting um and music music uh just the way music plays how the music i thought that was very dope the way that they played that like how music affects us and you think about the the industry the music industry and the hip-hop industry the messages and music that's pushed versus the positive messages that we get and mm-hmm. uh, you see the narratives that are being put out there, and, and they also had a lot of in, stereotypical things. They had grape grape drink, not even grape juice. They had um, you know, purple drink. Was it called purple drink or grape drink? I think, I think it, was it was grape. Drink. I think it was grape drink. Yeah. Okay, and then um, yeah, but and then you talk about the food that makes me think of like uh, Doctor Sebi, who's been talking about being a vegan and just making sure you you know what you're eating because they're putting all sorts of stuff in the food and you never know what you're getting. Right. And um, they also had the hair products. One of the characters that they showed yep. um on IMDB was actually called Split End. So that's a <laughs> weird commentary. But um I really like the part. The part I just want to point out that the part where um the church altar goes up and they can go in is taken from the um Aussie Davis movie, like directly taken from that, which um a lot of stuff was uh taken from. Uh, the film is called Cotton Comes to um, Harlem. Uh, something else I thought that was subtle, um, now that I'm thinking about it, but they also, the lottery. You see him go every day. He goes into the corner store and plays the lottery just to see you uh-huh. lose. Yeah. And just the grip that the lottery and gambling has on the community as well. Oh, um, speaking of that, like it was, I thought it was um, also a really good um, technique because that's what he did each time he like resurrected he yeah. went and each time he had 
uh, scratched off a different circle and there were four circles. And by the fourth act, that's when he did the fourth circle. But it also like does, like you said, Darius, does make you feel like, oh, is this when he survives? So it's not even just about getting out of the community. It's about surviving because each time he had to scratch it off was each time he like sort of died. Mm-hmm. What did you think about like the solidarity of it? None of these characters were technically like friends or like they weren't, you know, um, friendly. But at the end, between explaining what was going on as we kept figuring out what was happening in the plot, like the more and more of the different opposing characters, including um, Isaac, played by Jay Alphonse, ended up like they all got together to like go, you know, like storm the house. Yeah, that was that part was that's I liked it, especially after last Saturday. Yeah, the Montgomery Brawl stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it, but it it that's where the movie gets a little past like it passes that edge for me. Like it passes the top tier edge for me. And I'm like, all right, this is, is that not believable for you? It felt forced, a little forced. Not that's... not and I'm talking about the comedy right now, not the solidarity. Mm-hmm. The comedy at that point like there's parts where i laughed at but i was like all right like all right let's move this along a little bit but the solidarity now solidarity of black people is is very and we saw with the montgomery ball yeah that was dope but it's very difficult it's very nuanced it's like you have a, a group of people black americans who don't have a culture who were stolen from their land and brought here who have nothing to tie them to their past let alone tie them to each other uh, so when people say black solidarity, yeah, our skin's the same color, but it's a lot more easier said than done because there's not an actual co- like inter-community tying us together other than the Americans. Like you say, if people who are coming here, my mom's from Zimbabwe. She has Zimbabwean no roots. Yeah, she's she's Zimbabwean. And um, so she has that community. She has that history that she can fall back on she could come here, she could find a community of Zimbabweans, right? So, but a person who was born to slave, enslaved people from who were brought here from wherever, they don't have that history or roots that they could go back to when they say, yo, black people stick together. It's like, yo, who are actually my people? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's black solidarity is very, I think that that topic doesn't get talked about enough. Um, and oh, also sure. not even looking at just, even this movie shows just the extent that people will go to to break up black solidarity and to continue the negativity. But on top of that, it's like, okay, now in face of all that, we need all you to be together and stand together. So it's just, it's, yeah, it's very interesting. I just, I mean, I see what you're saying, man. I, I guess there's part of me that disagrees and I don't know, like, cause I think I'm in the same boat as your mom. And I think Kim, you're also in that boat about having like a community in Africa to sort of, sort of fall back on. But but I guess to me, what I saw was just, you know, like when when there is that sort of conflict, and that's why I brought up the Alabama thing, is just like in conflicts like that, and you see, like sometimes all you need to see is skin color. And I think history has tried so hard to make Black people, you know, ashamed of our skin color, but like visually to be able to see that two, like there are two opposing forces and you can sometimes see that like, you know, skin color might be the dividing aid. Like it tells you who you're, like which side you need to be on in an instant. Like when things are going down and you don't have time to think and debate, you just know where you got to. Like, you know that if a black person's being attacked 
by a bunch of white people, you're black, you know where you got to stand. And I think not everyone might agree with that, but I think in like the heat of the moment, I feel like that's our greatest power to be able to just like look at skin color and being like, that's a person I need to be on the side of or to protect, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I'm saying it's much easier said than done. You're right. That's all I'm saying. Because again, because in that same group of black people, I'm just throwing an example out there, say uh, Nigerians who say, yo, I'm Nigerian, I'm not black. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a nigga. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've never heard that. Like there's there's that that goes in. And I'm, I'm just using that at the that group i'm not saying that those people say that but i'm just using that as an example but i've I've heard that before where it's like don't put me with the black americans don't put me with those people don't put me with the negroes like i'm something else so that's all i'm saying no i i see what you're saying um yeah. i know that for a while when i came to america my not that it was done on purpose but i know i wasn't allowed to do most things that would identify me with the black community I resent that, but like wow. we weren't allowed to like listen to rap music at all. I remember my brother wow. once came home with like corn rolls. Um, someone did his corn rolls and my mom saw took one look at that and was like, take that out of your hair. So like that's insane. So you're not wrong, Darius. I think I guess uh, my experience is that I did grow up here. I didn't really have a prior I mean I did have a prior culture, but I wasn't immersed with it. So like if I'm considering I consider myself an American. An African mm. and an American, but like if I had to choose a more American than you know, I am Ugandan, so I do agree with that. Um, do you guys want to take a break and then we'll come back and we'll finish up? Yeah. Let's talk about MVPs. I want to get a main character and a supporting character from each of you guys. Mine is, I'm just going to steal the main one, which is Jamie Foxx. I was really, really upset when I found out about what happened earlier. I'm really glad that it's better. He's one of those people that you don't think about the fact that he has an Oscar, but I'm really happy that he has an Oscar. You don't think about the fact he has an Oscar? He's one of the most talented people in Hollywood. Talented black people usually don't get their flowers. And if they do, they get them like later in life. You know, and I don't mean this as an insult, but he doesn't, you know, he's done a lot of prestigious films, you know, lately. And just the way he carries himself is just really easy. So you don't, it like, you know, he's not very self-important when you see him. But I'm really glad that he is because... Well, he didn't slap nobody at the Oscars, so... I just Ooh. don't feel bad for Chris Rock. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't feel bad for Chris Rock. I don't feel bad for Chris Rock either. I would have slapped gotta him stay, too. You got to keep your composure, Will. Well, I wouldn't have done it in front of white people, but I'm not mad that he got slapped, so... <laughs> Anyways, I digress. My apologies. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just going to say that, like, I'm really happy he's still with us because just he plays music so well he's really funny like i haven't checked but i'm so certain that most of like his dialogue was improv and it just made the film so much better yeah you um, could tell even the insults like you could tell that's off the cuff like exactly just thinking about it makes me laugh but um my other mvp was i'll say her name again tambrella perry um as Biddy. First, when I watched the movie the first time, I thought she was just in that one scene. But then the fact that she keeps coming back in different pink wigs. Um, and I forgot <laughs> I forgot to talk about, like, the color. Um, the, I mean, I guess I talked about it a lot, but, like, the color story of this film, I really liked it. Um, 
and just color coding different characters like uh, Slick was in red a lot. Um, Tyrone went from, you know, like he was in greens, then blues, and then um, Tiana um, Yoyo was in yellows and blues. Just even her getting that color and then Homeboy with a towel on his head and the little like fan and how like, you know, both of those characters were really funny. I really liked her. She just like, she tied it together in the way that like, it makes you realize that not only are the main characters really well written, but all the characters are really well written and really well acted. And also the fact like she wasn't stupid, you know, like it could have really easily, especially with the fact that like I watched movies um, to prepare for this podcast, um, black exploitation films. And one of the biggest things that they have about them is that they're not really kind to their female characters. Um, but I like that this film was like, you know, Yo-Yo is technically like a sex worker, but you could tell that like um, Slick was in love with her and that like he followed her lead a lot like he only got into that elevator because she got into that elevator and he wanted to like protect her because he even tried getting her out of the elevator when you know when she did go in there and just like the fact that <laughs> yo yo i mean um bd was like you know she keeps an eye on people and you know and even though she's in this uh, sixth trade she's also in the information trade right she had the receipts and she had the file and she was presenting it to the newscaster. Like that was really funny. So she's my MVP along with uh, Jamie Foxx. But like, who are you guys? Well, yeah, she she also drives the story. She's the main. Petey? Yeah. She, she, uh, no, Yo-Yo. Okay. Sorry, Yo-Yo. I, I completely misheard you at the end. I thought you were talking about Yo-Yo. My fault. No, but, it's okay. uh, uh, you saying Jamie Foxx was in love with Petey or Yo-Yo? With Yo-Yo. Okay, no, I talked about both of them, but like, okay, I just, my yeah. fault. So, yeah, no, Yo Yo drives the story. Um, she's mm-hmm. the one who's who goes and investigates, and she's the one that, uh, you know, kicks them in the ass when they need to get out of their rut, you know, how you know, black women do to bring up black men in that moment. So, she's also the one that, like, they had to, like, once she got taken, that's how that's what like drove them to go and rescue her from the, you know. The and and like you said, you see, she's more than a sex worker. You see, she's intelligent. Um, mm-hmm. they have all the Nancy Drew stories in her room, so she, you know, she wants to be a detective. She wants to be an inspector. Um, she has aspirations of of traveling and going other places. Right. Um, and that is why she gets discounted by Kiefer Sutherland. Um, and he doesn't kill her when he had the opportunity because he doesn't even think of her as a threat you're when right, she right. very clearly is the whole reason why everything got taken down yeah kim oh wait wait wait. who's your who do you like who's your mvp though? oh mvp's john boyega for me um i thought his his acting continues to get better um and i don't know what it is with the new crop of british dudes that come over and act in hollywood but i think they all watch denzel and I think they all try to emulate Denzel. Um, I mean, there's worse people you could try to emulate, but even uh dude from All American, um, Damson Idris, I think they all kind of have that little Denzel little mouth quiver, upper lip quiver when they try to talk. <laughs> and they have that little shake and voice gets deep. So I, I think it's funny. And I thought John Boyega was doing that too. So um, but I, I like that all the different roles he played, even though I didn't like the climax, mm-hmm. I appreciated what he was doing. I didn't think that was a problem with his acting. I think he did everything he needed to do. Does um, he have a good American accent? He does. 
He does. Um, and you can hear it in Star Wars. I think that's his best American accent is in Star Wars. Here, I think uh, his American accent gets a little because it's 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 regional, and I can't tell if it's called, it's called Glen or Glint. So I'm like, is this Flint? Because they oh. mentioned, I thought it was Detroit, but they mentioned Detroit by name, right? And then they, they mentioned did. they mentioned Memphis, they mentioned L.A., they mentioned Chicago. So I was like, are they trying to not call this a city so they avoid like getting those? So I thought that's that's what I thought it was like Midwest, I, but yeah, so I, I thought, thought it, it just like I thought it was intentional just to add to the anachronism of it because like mm-hmm. with the different cars and everything because right, right there is a right a political point about it, but also like it just helps you makes it feel timeless, like it it could actually be from the seventies, right? It, the the surrealism that we often talk about, Afro surrealism or the Afro futurism. Um, Kim, do you have a uh, MVP? I was gonna say um Jamie Foxx and Yo-Yo, but honestly, like I honestly didn't expect anyone to like pull through like that in the beginning of the movie. Like I honestly didn't take any of them seriously. I didn't think they were all gonna like become such like a vital role at all. Oh, and my my best side character is Keeper Sutherland. He killed that. <laughs> what part what I was did like, he do? Oh, Jack kill? Bowers here? <laughs> I sat up. I was like, okay. Now when he first came in and gave his speech, that when when people give monologues and lines stick with me yeah. and I hear my and I hear myself repeating them or being like, you know what, I might say this in my real life. I might say this um, in my work. You know, I work with with uh, students, work with the youth, and I like to pick up my my languages, you know, taking stuff from culture, pop culture and using that as an example to try to translate. So that's something I'm going to take with me is, you know, everybody has a boss. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's such a lesson in that. And the way he delivered that, um, you know, I could teach just that scene. And and so I, I, I really liked him in that moment. Anything else you want to say before, like any favorite scenes or anything before you give it an official rating? Um, I, I just wanted to say, just to continue on the Afrofuturism tip, um, that that has gone back. It's speaking of black exploitation in, in the 70s. You know, I, I hear that term Afrofuturism, and I think that it is applying to new stories, but it really started in the 70s. And it it comes up through not just movies and film, but it comes up through music and dance as well. You talk about how uh, jazz and then hip hop and rap became a thing and the improvisation and stuff and the way that people uh, break dance and use uh, street freestyle dance and like just the continuing with that and even the funkadelics and and uh, funkadelic music and just everything and I just I just love how it's continuing to blossom. I love how it's continuing to evolve, right? Um, and we see it coming up more and more, uh, where we're seeing these black characters take the lead in these sci-fi, semi-sci-fi, uh, films, and I and I think that's I think that's super dope. Kim, do you want do you have anything to add before we um before we rate it? Um, even though you guys didn't really like the climax or you thought it was a, I don't know if you guys said it was a plot hole. To me, it felt yeah. kind of realistic because, you know, we've like just, the, we've just yeah. been watching let, a bunch wait, of, let her, let her, let her finish first before we, before we <laughs> cop our please. Um, cause older him, like he, I don't think he knew that the cloned version of him would have had that kill code or that um that code to make him like to control the clone i just feel like he was just 
like when you're older sometimes you think you have all the wisdom like he thought he mm. was on top like he just was comfortable so I feel like I feel like to me it felt realistic like he was just comfortable in his position he was doing it for for years so I think I think it was it was pretty realistic in my personal opinion mm. yeah no I, I was gonna say please don't take Edgar and I nitpicking it as us not liking it Edgar and I both and I'll speak for Edgar in this you could tell me if I'm wrong we nitpick things this is why we do this uh because we love <laughs> to nitpick and we nitpick things that we love um and and oh, almost yeah. the more we nitpick something that we love is the more we love it because we care about it so much we really we, love secret invasion man now nah, fuck that shit <laughs> secret evasion <laughs> was god awful don't do that to shaft <laughs> all right um it's almost Darius's bedtime so let's go ahead and rate the film man um okay. do you kim you go first you've been going last out of seven what do you give it out of a seven yeah and remember um letterbox i'm gonna write a review for letterbox and so you're helping on my review on it i'll give it a six out of seven really yeah okay darius i'll give it a five out of seven. Oh, okay me too, actually. I give it a five out of seven. So I guess we really, really like this film. Um, <laughs> no, that's good. I feel like that's one of the highest you've given. Um, yeah. It was really good. I really hope, I don't think they're gonna, like, I don't think they're gonna make a sequel, but I really hope they do. If they do, I hope it's... Well, let me ask better. you this. Do you think Jordan Peele could have made a better movie? No. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> he answers no, yes. I don't, because he, <laughs> he would have taken, yes. he would have made, he would have made a better <laughs> Jordan film film jordan peele film jordan peele film but he wouldn't have made a good black exploitation because his movies are actually they do have a lot of those elements in it but like he makes it his own and i feel like the reason why i like this is was because it was a movie that could fit into the black exploitation like if you took this movie and just replaced it with some actors from the from that era they would have fit it like this movie would have fit in right there with them where i think like get out and all those maybe not you know I see what you're saying, but we can continue. I would, this. I would have liked him to see it, see him do it. But I mean, he could still make it. It's not, you know, he's not nah, dead. He's gonna do his own thing, and I appreciate that because he's one of the only people in Hollywood that only that make their own IP. So, all right. The other ones are, um, <clears throat> the other people are uh, Donald Glover and Homeboy, whose name I forgot right right now, but he made. Um, Last Black Man in San Francisco. And I'm a Virgo, which would you guys like to jump on in a couple of days to do that review and talk about like... Some sure, I got I to gotta catch up on it, but I got my man Walton Goggins on it and I love Justified, so I'm ready you, to watch it. Okay, you got to go, but do you, are you enjoying the revival? I am enjoying it. It's not the same. I miss Harlan County. I miss uh, all the people, all the backwater people from Harlan County, but I am enjoying it. And speaking of Undercover Brother, Sister Girl is the lawyer. Oh, who is from the show we shall not mention. I, I forgot she was in it, man. No, what she was. Lovecraft Country. Sister Girl? She was in Lovecraft? Is the mom. That's the mom. Oh, snap. That's where I remember. Yeah, okay. Jesus, man. You remember her from back then? Wait, wasn't Sister Well, you're not going to stand beside your girl, Megan Good? I don't know who that lady is. All I know is she better learn how to die. You can stand beside her? <laughs> No, Who, I can't. She, she, she. Listen, I would Hi, stand. Stuttering, I, I would, I would stand <laughs> besides her if she wasn't standing besides other people. Right? Just gotta be able to, you know. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, interesting. 
Yeah, interesting. Let's continue this conversation later. I Thank thought you, you just said solidarity, Edgar. What's up? Right. <laughs> I have a lot of complex emotions and views, all right? Yeah, we know. All right. <laughs>